You're listening to a Countout Podcast. So, Curtis, who's got yeah, but two thumbs and isn't up to date on the New Japan fucking best of the super juniors? It your boy! <laughs> I know we were going to cover everything up to date, but life has been a fucking shit show. So, I've seen a lot of it, and I'm enjoying it a lot, and I was going to try and shotgun it until the wee hours yesterday, and then I was like, that's not what it's about. I looked at myself in the mirror and I was like, face, that, that's not what Akata Shorts is about. Akata Shorts is about two friends enjoying the coolest shit about New Japan. And if I shotgun those matches while I'm near death of tiredness, I'm not going to enjoy it. So I didn't do it. So fuck you, Curtis. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, no. yeah, fucking me, obviously. Sorry, like, no, no. The, no. No, the thing is... You start sending me pictures. It's you, your beautiful wife, all of your lovely friends. You're out. I see a yardstick full of beer. What the fuck was that? It looked uh, like a prop out of a Marvel movie. Yeah, it was a. You and know then, what it reminded me of? It reminded me of the original He-Man movie with Dolph Lundgren. At that time travel yes. stick thing they've got. Yeah, yeah, that was like. A, yeah, I don't know. It was just called a beer tower. But that was after That's all exactly the cocktails. And yeah, we went to this place in Perth called Milky Lane, which does like novelty giant burgers like the kind of shit that's going to kill you um it does like candy shots so like we had like warhead shots and nerd shots like do you have warheads in america and sure do yeah 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 exactly like spicy warheads and grape nerds and things like that and then i had like a fried chicken burger add deep fried mozzarella patty like it was debaucherous Oh, bro. Uh, yeah, and, I was so jealous. When you sent me the picture of those, like, macaroni and cheese fritters with the dipping sauce, mm-hmm. buddy, let me tell you, my heart <laughs> my heart seized up a little bit, yeah. and my stomach reached out towards my phone yeah. trying to grab it. That Tr- looks so good. Trying to book a flight to Australia to come and eat it. I, uh, I'll tell you what did seize up, my arteries. Um, <laughs> but uh, luckily, we don't live far from there, so we had to walk home. Like, we walked there on purpose because we're like, we're going to need to walk this off. So I think I'll add that to sleep. But, yeah, I was thinking about You're it. You're going to need a lot more walks to get that shit worked yeah, off. Yeah, I know, right? I was like, what I should be doing, watching Best of the Super Juniors, what I am doing, eating this giant burger. So that's where we're at. But I've seen quite a bit. Uh, I've seen, like, the first three events. I don't think I'm all the way through the third one. I'm, I'm not sure of my numbers. You'll run down sort of the matches and stuff, and I'll remember what I remember. Um, but, it, yeah, sure it's, it's been great, man. It's been great. There's been some upsets I didn't expect already. Uh, I'm loving it. How you feel about it? I'm having so much fun. 
watching best of the super juniors i, I just i sat down and watched the, everything through today and um it's the the tournament's giving me some really some crazy vibes i i've got some new favorites uh i'm i'm fully locked in on a couple of new guys and um yeah man i'm I feel it's it's just I feel so alive, you know. Like we've been saying, oh, New Japan's back, New Japan's back. Like, no, no, New Japan is fucking back, bro. Yeah. Like, get good. get in, get in now. Get in. It, we're fucking to the moon, bro. Yeah. Like that Japan coin to yeah. the moon. Like that RuPaul song to the moon. That's us. Oh, that's to right. Is that what she says? Yeah. I hear it at the end of every fucking well, won't episode. You take of my me wife away, me. something like that. Yeah. Yeah. I'll Bang and show. Great show. Bang show. I once uh, I put out a tweet not that long ago, and I'm like, <laughs> if it's not about deathmatch or drag race, miss me with that shit. That's right. Deathmatch or drag race. Well, I, I, you know, I mean, it's not all deathmatch. It's just pro wrestling or drag mm. race, right? Well, I, at the time when I was uh, was saying that New Japan was not back, and uh, uh, I yeah. needed to find hope in wrestling somewhere, and I did within the realms of deathmatch wrestling. That's fair. Which has been popping off. Completely fair. I understand. As well. I haven't had a chance to watch uh, Takataichi Mania, but that's one that I've got circled and that I really want to see. Um, That shit was wild, bro. Have you watched it? I have. I won't won't ruin it for you. I'm sure you've seen the the pictures of Despy afterwards and things like that. I love Deathmatch Despy. I love that half Doki mask that he has. Yes. It's fire. So yeah, He's and just apparently such a beautiful human being. Yeah, exactly. Um, I do know that. Like, I saw the the clip where Jun Kasai was essentially, "If you'll verse me in another match, please accept this rose." Very sweet, and Despy <laughs> did. So they're going to have a singles, right? Yeah, I'm, I'm sure they will uh, down the line. Of course, Jun Kasai and Despy have such a weird history, and then like the the giving the rose thing, which is like used to be Despy's thing back in the day. Yeah, yeah. like when he first. Yeah, God. Yeah. What a be- what a beautiful amount of storytelling goes into these like I little know. offshoots that nobody like really gets to watch. It's it's crazy. I also didn't know until that speech that uh, Jun Kasai considered Honma his senpai, which was interesting. Really? Yeah, because he said he said huh. in the thing he goes it was, like he basically said it was good to wrestle with senpai again. There you go. I didn't. I didn't know. I know Honma Fantastic. has like a you know a history with death matches and stuff like that. I think he, he does. was the first. The, the, there's various reports of it, but I think he was the first guy to use a fluorescent tube in a match. Really? Yeah. Innovator. I think I think he pulled it down from a light fixture, like in like a brawl in a hallway or something, and wasted somebody with it, and then it became like the staple in deathmatch wrestling. It's just such an awesome visual. I mean, like yeah. people are taking it way over the top now, but like I'm sure the first time that happened, people were like, "When absolutely fucking shit house." Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, it's the best weapon. It's like it looks so cool. The the like spooky dust, as they call it, like the smoke that comes out of them, the the noise it makes. It's just yeah, it's the coolest. Yeah, and the fact that it just just turns to a fucking it just turns to fairy dust in your hands the second you hit someone with it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it just gone. Goes, the whole thing just evaporates. Yeah. It's I dope. love it. We'll we'll have to do some more death match coverage on here. Maybe uh maybe when that match happens we'll we'll definitely have to review it and talk about it. That would be awesome. I would love to see Jun Kasai in New Japan. Though they wouldn't have him doing deathmatch wrestling. I I've always thought 
He would be a sick choice for a Suzuki good or like an LIJ. It's like just this crazy member of the team. He it would it would have to be Suzuki Gun like a couple of years ago when they were still like shitbag heels, you know? He would have fit in so well then. Yeah, yeah. He's a great face though as well, because everybody just loves him. Yeah, yeah, totally. Totally. He's like the hero of freedoms and shit. Like everybody loves him. But he's also yeah. good at being evil too. It's kind of hard in definitely yeah, because everybody's everything. I've never him. I've never watched any of his other stuff, so like like seeing that, I'm just like, oh my god. Yeah, yeah. No, no, totally. This guy's fucking crazy. Yeah, everybody, like, absolutely loves him. So, yeah. Anyway, a little bit of Junkus I talk. Um, But the, yeah, the best of the Super Juniors kind of is sort of everything I wanted from the tournament, you know? I um, Damn right. There's some matches, though. Like, you know how the second one, once they start going to the gyms and stuff, uh, that's, you know, part of New Japan's touring schedule. But it always bums me a little bit because they don't, like look as good, and I end up looking at a match like Robbie Eagles and Wheeler Yuda, and I'm like, man, if this was like well lit and shit, like it would be something that everybody would be talking about, you know, on the internet. Like it would yeah. be huge, and I I still think it was a, a huge deal, and we won't get too far away from you know where we're up to in that conversation, but uh, you know what I'm saying. It sort sort of takes away from it, and I love going to those shows when I've been in Japan and stuff. It's like really fun. Wrestling needs to happen in the dark. You know what I mean? Like when it's in like a big, brightly lit uh, gymnasium, it sort of uh, feels a little bit more amateur. I guess that's the aesthetic of it. Like in those big, brightly lit gymnasiums where they can't like bring the full rig, where they can't, you know, have the the big signage and things like that. It kind of does look a little bit off, you know, with the, especially like they don't even have, the uh they don't even have the the security guardrails around and uh-huh. stuff like that like it's kind of weird but i like it it feels more what's the word homey like mm-hmm. you, you everyone's there for like the the show you know it's like yeah. going to a rock concert when you see a big show but then like when you see these smaller ones it's like seeing a, a band that you love inside of a little club That's i fair. dig that and the the vibe maybe isn't there like you're of course we're still they're still not screaming yet or anything like that. But like, I feel like going to see the smaller shows, you'd have that, that sort of earthy atmosphere. You'd have that sort of like seeing the big band in the tiny club. Yeah. It de- you know? it definitely has that vibe when you go and all the wrestlers, like they have tables set up with all their merch and all the wrestlers are like lined up along it. And it's very intimate uh, and all that sort of vibe. It just sort of takes away from like, I guess the worldwide sort of expectation of like what I guess, you know, high-end wrestling looks like a professional a professional wrestling event uh so i definitely enjoy them i just think that like sometimes it suffers when you you're dealing with a you know tournament on this scale and then you're going to play back the clips of like a banger like that and it's in like you know a well-lit gym rather than like darkness with like the right lighting and stuff it doesn't look quite Mm. as cool you know it's it's significantly less impressive, but I think the the touring audience really appreciates it. Yeah, I'm sure yeah, they, they do. love it, they have and, to. I, and I love that like everybody's there for the wrestling. They're not really there for the spectacle. They're there to see the matches, which is really cool. Yeah, and you can really tell in that that second show. We, we won't get to it yeah, just yeah, yet, yeah. but you could tell that a lot of those people were loving what they were seeing. Yeah, absolutely. Speaking of which, you want to get to the first day show? Yeah, yeah. Let's let's run it down. All right. Well. Let's go. The very first show was 
Ace Austin versus Clark Connors to open the A block. This was the fourth match of the day. It went nine minutes, 51 seconds with Ace Austin winning with the fold. What were your impressions of uh, seeing Clark Connors for the first time in, in this big singles uh, tournament? Yeah, he, he's been killing it just on like social media and in his fashion game and all that stuff. So everybody was already talking about him. And then then he's come in, they've put him, they obviously, you know, think highly of him. They've put him with, you know, Impact's champion as like his first match that, you know, he's going to go through. And I really liked it. I thought they, they were great together. I thought it was cool. I have seen Ace Austin stuff before, but not sort of in this context. And I, I thought it played out. I, I really like Clark Connor's moveset, man. I love like, you know. Clark the, Connor's like, moveset, the very like fast, um, deceptive and powerful. And I love that. Yeah, like yeah. He, he can just strike out of nowhere and hit you with his entire body. Yeah, just like just the tackles. Going, he calls it, I think he calls it a Jeep flip at the moment or something like that when he just like goes to the side and then comes out and just completely wrecks them off the side and then the the you know his big spears and and things like that and and just mm-hmm. his aggression over and all I think I think it's really cool. He's got such an upside for me man. Like it's huge. I love his new his new look too. Like he comes out looking like something out of a crocodile hunter. <laughs> and so badass yeah. with the like Tarzan like uh Tarzan trunks and stuff like that. It looks m- much cooler than the when he first became the wild rhino Clark Connors, when he first graduated, he had a very like his trunks kind of looked like the shirt. Some dude would go play golf in like, yeah. it just <laughs> looked like a polo shirt, but in right. trunks form. Okay. And I was just like, I don't, I don't get it, man. You're just the wild rhino. Yeah. And you're like, Oh, my colors are like cream and gray. Yeah. And I've got a little red mark on the lapel. Yeah, <laughs> Come on, man. It's, it's, that's a weird choice. I, I wonder where the wild rhino thing came from. I wonder if he chose it or if he was just given it and then it took him a like hot second to sort of really think about it. And now he's started to embrace it. You know, I like that the trunks and stuff are like, look like rhino hide. And then mm-hmm. like, you know, he's got that, if you see his merch, he's got like a flat brim on uh, the New Japan shop and stuff. And it's just like the the horn symbol. Like it's mm-hmm. like, it kind of looks like, you know, two bounds or whatever, but slightly on an angle. It's just just the horn anagram type thing. Um, and then, yeah, starting to wear like the hats and the, the vests and naming moves after hunting stuff and that. He's starting to like really catch a vibe with it that's pretty cool. Yeah, I really dig uh, where Clark is going. And I mean, like you said, his fashion game can't, can't even fuck with it. Best dressed of the super juniors easy. easily. Easy. And like nobody normally like outdresses like a bushy or something like that. So yeah. everybody was talking about his fashion. Um, mm-hmm. there was a, a gentleman, I'm, I can't remember his, uh, his handle, but we shared it on our Twitter. If you want to check it out, he, he had posted a, a photo of Clark Connors when he was like a young lion and he was like, Shibata-san, I'm ready to go to Japan. And he's like, not like that you aren't. And then he's like, how about now? And in that white suit, and it was like, yas, bitch, no. slay. <laughs> Which prompted Clark my wife as sex cowboy. Yeah, exactly. And then it prompted my wife to make that amazing TikTok that it has the voiceover where it goes, Would you rather never slay again? Or would you like to slay so much every day that slay loses all meaning? Loses <laughs> all meaning. It was so good. Um but yeah, oh, so yeah, and 
he's I feel like he's making the most of his opportunity. You know, he's going there as a newly graduated young lion. We talked about our best case scenario would be him winning. That's probably not realistically going to happen, but he's going to go out there and be noticed as much as he possibly can and have people talking about him. And then the next time he rolls back, you know, it'll be a bigger deal. I think so. This was such a fun match to watch, mostly because Clark is so deceptive and Ace Austin is so agile that he can hit you from any angle. Yeah. Like he's constantly like changing his area of attack and his, his angle of attack. And it's so fun to watch. Like Clark is running around like, like mad. And then Ace is like coming at him at like from underneath and then up above. And yeah. oh, it, was, it was so much fun. The, yeah, the yeah. parkour training of Ace Austin really showed through in this exactly. match. too. And Clark is it. good at that, like changing angles on people when they're running the ropes and then hitting him on a thing. So yeah, it literally felt like that. The whole match was just like all the angles all at once, which was really cool. And like, mm-hmm. like Ace Austin's kicks and stuff, like you know, from low and from thing, like yeah, it was it was a really cool match to open the entire tournament. Definitely was, and I, one thing I did notice with Ace Austin is that he had the same spots in his second match, so like the the handstand on the uh, on the ring apron and things like that. He's pulling out a lot of those same spots in the, in every well. In the two matches, I'm really kind of hoping that it that's not a trend that continues because I really I I like what I'm seeing from him, yeah. and I don't want it to kind of become like a, a paint by numbers, copy paste sort of thing. Yeah, I don't think it will, considering the talent that he's got coming up are very very different wrestlers. Yeah, so maybe maybe when his opponents change their style, he will change his style a little bit. Absolutely, I'm really excited to see what happens. He might as well be like, this is my very first time in Japan. I'm going to play the hits a little bit at the start just so, you know, people start to vibe him out and know his sort of signatures. Yeah, yeah, that's probably where he's going with it. He's like, I'm Ace Austin, this is me, here's what I can do. And then, you know, if he if, if he finds another gear later on, yeah. he, he can pull that out for one of the big matches, say perhaps a, a block, block final or something like yeah. that. Also, like, I guess sort of the story can start to be as well, especially when, you know, you start to wrestle those bit more crafty wrestlers and and guys that are a bit more experienced, is they start to know your tricks, right? They've been scouting the previous matches. Next match, he goes through that handstand thing, and then somebody's got something for it. And then the story is, it's like, okay, he's been going to the well too much. If he wants to change things up and go further in the tournament, he's going to need to adapt and... You know, maybe the story is that he's not quite there yet. Because uh, I mean, I don't think he's going to win the tournament. But uh, yeah, we—I mean, we laid out a scenario last episode where he does, and that would be pretty interesting. But I, I'm not sure that's going to happen. So the second match, we had Alex Zane defeating Yoshinobu Kanemaru in 11 minutes 31 seconds with the cinnamon twist. Can I tell you? You were 100% right, and I fucking love Alex Day. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know what's crazy? Like, we were talking about his ridiculous look, right? Japan has fallen in love. Madly with that in love. Look. He's like the new heartthrob. You're seeing, or like, if you go to Alex Zane's social media, he's like mm-hmm. on there and just posting like fan art of like, Japanese people drawing him as anime characters, as like, you know, different face things and stuff. And when you see him as an anime character, you're like, that is the look. That is what he is. It's a, He's like a mm-hmm. space pirate type thing. 
and they're like living for it, man. And I think he he's going to be a big deal after this tournament. No matter how far he goes, I could see him them just going move him to the junior division in Japan. Like just put him. Yeah, in. after after two matches, I was like, don't let this guy go anywhere else. No, nah, like exactly. And how, they lost him go- once to WWE. Surely they're like, nah, we need to like lock this down. Exactly. How did how did they let him go already once? He was on strong a couple of times and then, you know, dipped out for what Chris Charlton called a learning excursion in the WWE. Love that. that was the best, shadiest line of, of his career. Tournament. Yeah. Um, it, well, I pumped my fist when he said that. It was so funny. <laughs> but, like, I suppose you've got to remember as well the timing. Like, that was when WWE signed Alex Zane. It was in the very early stages of strong and also in peak COVID. So if you're Alex Zane as well, even if you weren't all the way super in love with the WWE product or you want to do more stuff with Japan, it would have been very tempting to just go, I need to take some financial stability for a while. Otherwise, I'm just going to be working at Taco Bell anyway, you know, like yes. to, to pay yeah, my rent. So like, and then he got to go to WWE. He, he put on more size. He's like, you know, learnt more training stuff. You know, he's, he's really polished his sort of game. Got a really ridiculous look because of it i guess but like like he's he's changed it up and it's like literally working for him the commentators are even like loving talking about him they're loving calling all these like you know funny taco bell moves and and things like that he's he's going to be huge in japan man like he's gonna be I, huge. I can tell you right now as a lifelong taco bell fan as a former taco bell employee of of three years I spent three years really? I spent making these fucking tacos. <laughs> Every time they were like, "There's the Crunch Wrap Supreme," I was like, "Yes, <laughs> I love every one of these." The Baja Blast, the Crunch Wrap Supreme. I was yeah. fucking dying, dude. I was like, "This is the greatest thing I've ever seen in my entire life." And it's not a work. He loves Taco Bell, like like for a shoot. Like uh, I met him at the Tokyo Dome, like at the TGI Fridays at the Tokyo Dome. And I met a few people uh, there. I met like Lance Archer, briefly met Kevin Kelly, ever so briefly. Um, but when uh, I was speaking to him, he was just a super nice guy. And afterwards, we, you know, we'd go back and forth on Instagram a couple of times. And they, Japan had released a Taco Bell sort of special called the Chick Star, um, which was... I guess it's kind of like a crunch wrap supreme. It's like a folded parcel type thing, but I think it had fried chicken and something different. I don't know. But I posted about it and he was like, what is that? Like he was so mad that like he couldn't get it. He'd already gone back to the States and they didn't have it in the States. It was a Japan only thing. Like he loves it. Oh man. Yeah. Dude, I I could eat Taco Bell every day for my entire life and never get tired of it. I mean, like I ate it for three years straight, obviously, but like, You know, they say like when you when you work somewhere, you never want to eat at that place again. Like my mom will not eat at fucking Pizza Hut because yeah. she she just hates Pizza Hut because she worked there when she was a kid. Yeah, yeah. Not me, bro. And, and we've only got like eight Taco Bells in the UK. So like I got to make it like a plan to go to Taco Bell when I want to. I go on like my birthday and shit. <laughs> Loves it. Star employee. Never would have left if hadn't had to move to the UK. <laughs> you'd, be, you'd be running that company now. Oh, man, I'd be like John Taco Bell. Nice to meet you. Yeah, nah, that's awesome. Yeah, I love it. And, yeah, uh, it says here that uh, he won with the cinnamon twist. So the go. cinnamon twist, indeed. Yeah. Exactly. What, a, what, what a name for... <laughs> I'm sorry, I just picked up my phone and I saw the picture of uh, 
Ioz from Pirates of Dark Water that I sent you. This, <laughs> this is Alexander. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If anybody's ever seen that yet, before the first mate on Pirates of Dark Water is he's Alexander. He's got the twisty mustache. He's got the pirate aesthetic. He's got a, a ponytail in the front of his head, yeah. just like Alexander. Yeah. I thought of it. I, uh, I didn't know so where that times. picture was from, but I was like, that is him, though. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, I, I swiped the wrong way on my uh, my results here. Okay, the next match was. Oh, by the way, it was a good match. I always oh. love Kanemaru oh, in this yeah. kind of tournament. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Shorts definitely. Sh- shorts shorts yeah, for yeah. both. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, good. Uh, next match was Francesco Akira making his uh, singles tournament debut against the Murder Machine Show. Uh, Francesco wins in 11 minutes, 49 seconds with the fireball, which I thought was a really cool finisher. Uh, what do you think of your, your first taste of Francesco Akira? Yeah, I, it was interesting that he was paired up with show to begin with, because the very first second, even though, you know, United empire are sort of bad guys, he was immediately positioned as like a, a baby face in peril straight away. Like the very mm-hmm. first thing that happens, you know, he comes out, he gets up on the, the ropes and then show attacks him from behind and then he's fighting from underneath for like quite a lot of it and then they sort of get the best of him because show goes to grab the wrench but tjp's on the outside he just takes it away he doesn't interfere i thought he that did, was a, that was a great move yeah, yeah. fantastic just removes it and he's like sorry mate and there and then you know francesco fucks him up um i liked it i i think he's I think there was some like innovative uh, moves in there from him. I, I was feeling like I need to see more to really understand the full thing because he spent a lot of it just sort of getting beat up by show, you know. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I was just surprised that they positioned him like as such a sort of good guy. Like I was immediately thinking that down the road, out of the United Empire, he's the Robbie Eagles, you know what I mean? Like when you think about Bullet Club when Robbie Eagles was in it, you're like, this is the guy that's going to eventually turn and you know, and find the light sort of thing. So I was immediately thinking of that with him, you know. And when you position him next to TJP, though they're like all buddy-buddy and stuff like that, you're like, TJP's the guy that's going to stab him in the back and like, and then it'll be yeah, what it is. It, it definitely could be. I mean, TJP, like, as talented and, and fun to watch as he is, like, people innately don't like him because of, you know, this, that, or the other thing. So when you have someone like Francesco Akira and you're trying to, you're trying to like put him next to TJP, people are going to feel one way or the other about it. So, yeah, I don't know. Um, I, I love this. I love this match. Um, show has been really good. This tournament he's had, I've had so much fun watching his matches. Um, this one specifically was great for that little spot where, you know, he's, he's got the opening. He's going to go for the wrench. Oh, shit. <laughs> can't get the wrench tjp grabbed it i audibly cackled when i saw that i thought that was so much fun such a simple uh, solution it, yeah. <laughs> yeah and it's just like kevin kelly said you know as long as these guys can start to adapt can start to play the game they don't look like dorks you know everything's going to be fine Absolutely. and that was just them playing the game like their heels they know what the heels going to do and they stopped the, they, they just won the chess game a little bit yeah you know, so Absolutely. great. I, I thought it was super fun match. Um, shorts also. Shorts also. I loved uh, one one spot I wanted to call out was uh, Francesco Akira coming out with a a Zippo lighter bling on his necklace. Yes. Money, absolute money. That's cool. Cool as hell. 
Yeah, they're they're already where the like Japan likes the gimmicks like that, right? They were like, okay, Jay White, knife pervert, Francesco Akira, mm-hmm. fire pervert, <laughs> mm-hmm. show wrench pervert. Yeah, exactly. Mm. There you go. That's the vibe they want. And I just shout out to show's fucking evil gamer music. Like, I love it. It's just my. It's probably my favorite theme right now. I love it so much. It's such a good time. Uh, yeah, no. I've Super actually been thinking of a, a remix of that for you. I'll uh, send it through later. I've been meaning to make it. Oh, beauty. <laughs> yeah, that was that was a good time. Um, anything else from that match you want to specifically call out? Nah, dude. I enjoyed it, though. Oh. It was short, and uh, I think uh, show could, could win this block, I reckon. By the time it's all said, he up. definitely could. Yeah. He definitely could. I mean, we called it out in our predictions episode that like he's someone that nobody's really talking about, but they do like to push the house of torture. Yeah, could be a thing. Yeah, and he's like uh, the so, main dastardly guy in that block. You know, he's the he's the heel of the block. So, yeah, yeah. and I think him and Despy could probably put on a good like uh, uh, finals for us and be entertaining as shit that'd be great and he's also the guy as well that you can have him beat champions and stuff in the block but not have them lose any face because he obviously cheated and they got robbed and stuff like that and he just you know eked his way through and so everybody's sort of safe you know right 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 so the next match was uh Ryusuke Taguchi losing to Hiromu Takahashi in 10 minutes 42 seconds with the unnamed Hiromu roll which they, they kept the name. I'm so glad they kept the name unnamed Hiromu Roll. <laughs> so it seems so much. Um this was this was fun. Uh it was it was weird to see like after you have all these new people showing up and doing all these crazy things, and then you've got Taguchi and Hiromu again, and I was just like, Oh yeah. <laughs> it's it, it, you just want to see all the new stuff so yeah. that the old stuff doesn't feel as exciting as it could be but i mean taguchi had his you know he had a good match it was fun it wasn't an automatic fast forward like it is for a lot of people um i just thought that like after the debut 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 a match we've seen a million times it just kind of felt like a letdown for a semi-main yeah maybe the positioning of the match sort of hurt it a little bit maybe it could have been like earlier in the card and then it wouldn't feel like sort of like a letdown. And it wasn't like, you know, they're, they're good wrestlers no, and stuff, but, but like you're saying, you're spoiled. There's all these new people, there's exciting things happening. You're seeing new movesets. It's new talent in Japan, which we haven't seen in a long time. It's natural to be like, okay, we've seen Taguchi before. We know he's not going to win it. He's probably going to have his pants down at some point, whatever. Like that was the vibe I, I sort of had with it. And I tried mm-hmm. to give it attention, but I was just mad. And then, like, I like the unnamed Hiromu role, but I don't see why Hiromu needs to be narrowly rolling up Taguchi. I think he could be, like, putting Taguchi away pretty fucking cleanly, to be fair. I I mean, he didn't have to use one of his finishers. He used, like, a roll-up finisher that, you know, I mean, I'm sure if he wanted to, he could have just pulled out of that finisher and fucking slapped a time bomb two on him or something like that and put him down. But like, you don't want to do that to Taguchi. You don't have to do that to, to, to Taguchi. You can just roll him up. Job done. Yeah, you know? Exactly. I suppose he is the tag team champion, like one of the tag team champions. So it would be pretty brutal if Hiromu was just, you know, 
defiantly destroying him. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Just time bomb, time bomb two, just like the list of all the moves. And it's just like, okay, does Hiromu want both tag titles or no? <laughs> <laughs> He's gonna he's gonna grab water. He's just gonna well. take it both. It's fine. Yeah, cool. All right. Anyway, uh, so yeah, then, uh, if we if we're doing shorts and pants for everyone, I'd probably give that one pants. I could probably miss it. I've seen them wrestle before. Yeah, it's uh, it's nothing to really write home about. It probably shouldn't have been the semi main, but I mean they didn't know what they had with Alex Zane. Yeah, and you know what? <laughs> uh, yeah, that's true. Also, I'm gonna be like sort of hard on this stuff because the way I, I look at it is. I have lots of shit on in my life. I was very busy. I've only got so much time to watch wrestling. So if I was recommending to somebody, like, I want to come in and watch some good wrestling matches, what should I watch in Best of Super Juniors? I would skip it myself. So uh, it's only going to get shorts if I'm like, make time to see it. You know what I mean? So, yeah. Right. Pants on that one. And then... Next up is the Rafe Bowl. This is the match that I know they scheduled just for you buddy i know that they said what does rafe want to see i know what rafe wants rafe wants yo versus taiji ishimori in double speed on his lunch break barely paying attention (laughs) for a 16 minute match where taiji ishimori does it does a fucking like a limb match against yo who you absolutely love I know you loved and you and you hated seeing him in peril. You hated seeing him ha- having to work through getting his arm broken Why again and again by Taiji Ishimori. Why would anybody care? Why would anyone? The, even the commentary were like, "Yeah, he was kind of like, I hope I do all right in the tournament." Why he's like, and he needs people to get on his side. He needs to be careful. He's going to like alienate the fans and stuff. We alienated. We don't care about this dude. I don't care. Like. I think I was. This is it almost made me like Taiji Ishimori. I was like, "Fucking get him!" I was like, <laughs> "Season ender, put him out with an injury. Let's have something exciting and bring in an alternate." Like, yeah, yeah. Put put in Oiwa or something. How are you? Let me tell you this. I I know you've like he's got the the belt, but in what world of fuck do you think out of all those banger matches that this can headline the show? If I was at the uh, event. I would have watched Romo and and, uh, and our boy Takuchi and then gone home. Like, I wouldn't have even bothered watching it. <laughs> I would have gone, oh, what is it? Oh, Taiji and Yo. Cool, I can get early on the train. Like, that's how I would have looked at it. Like, I don't give a fuck, man. I, I think this Yo, uh, this this Yo character that he's working, I think it is just that. I think it's just a character. This aloof and uncaring and uncharismatic because the dude's got charisma. Like vinyl elitist. Like, like, what's that merch? I sent you that picture, like, of his fucking yeah. new merch. One is of him, like, yeah. a stick figure him sitting on a couch listening to a stereo or something or watching TV. And then the other is, like, it says direct drive. And I thought that was, like, some kind of maybe, like, cool drifting reference or something like that. No, no. He's talking about the fucking mechanism that powers his vinyl record player. It, like, shows you, like, the schematics of a record player. And I'm like, what are these shirts? Things Yo would rather be doing than wrestling? Like, I fucking... Those shirts are absolute cheeks, dude. They are so terrible. They're so fucking... And he's like, and you know what? But... I'm going to release them in white. Just the thing that pudgy wrestling fans want to wear. Like, what the fuck are you thinking? Like, oh my God, this guy's a fucking wash. 
Like I don't yeah, every, know. Every time, every time I go to put on a white t-shirt, I'm like, oh man, look at my love handles. <laughs> it <laughs> just ain't it, bro. Like, you know, I'm, I'm getting so bad. I'm getting so bad. Why are they actively <laughs> like either he has like, I don't know, fucked Gato's wife and he's like, this is your gimmick now, vinyl elitist. Or he's like, this is it, boys. I know what I need to be. And I or I'm gonna get all the other I don't know, dickheads on like snowboarding record loving fucking musicians on my side. Like I guess what? Those people don't watch wrestling, man. They don't watch it. They don't they don't care about it and they don't care about you. So I oh, I'm fucking pissed off. You know I, don't, I don't know why he exists, and I'm mad that I have to watch him in this tournament. At this, stage. this is Yo proving that he can be a better heel than than Show can. Maybe it is. Maybe it's a, maybe it's a heel turn. Maybe it's like a slow burn heel turn. Like I'm going to exactly piss everybody off is, with dude. how bad He's I am. Working yeah, everybody. That would be everybody. if it's the longest fucking game of all time. Of like, he's like, they won't turn me heel. I'll show them heel work. Now, guys, this is what I want to be. And it's like everyone's going to fucking hate me. Then you know what? Respect to him. <laughs> Respect to him. And if it comes back around and he turns out to be the biggest heel in New Japan, like I'll probably be his biggest fan at that point. But at this stage, I I just can't with it. I just cannot. Well, we're gonna mark that. We're gonna mark that down. See on the predictions board if Yo and and it turns this somehow into an evil character, and we'll see if Rafe eats his words on this. Uh, I'm, I'm going to mark it down. It is uh, two sixteen a.m. Or I'm sorry, no, hold on, one thirty-six a.m. I was looking at the screen cap, one thirty-six a.m. on the twentieth of May, and our man Rafe uh, has taken a stance on Yo, but I think he's going to change his mind. I think he will. Uh, well, I, I like I said, I'm always open to it. Wrestling could always win me back over, but at this stage, I'm like this fucking dude, man. And like, what's that promo about? I'll do my best. Sit my, my down. I'll do my best. You want to I mean, talk you, people what, into the building, or you fucking want to go home, man? Like maybe he just wants to be out of his contract. Like I don't know. I, I it's so funny when you see like Clark Connors showing up as Sex Cowboy. Yeah, and you know you see L Lindeman. Did you see L Lindeman's promo? Loved it. Loved Dude, L Lindeman's promo. Was on fire. Yeah, yeah. L Lindeman was the best. He's just so the pumped, best. and he's like. I've got to do it. <laughs> just, let's go and see. He's like, let me fucking tell you something, brother. Yeah, yeah. Like, exactly. <laughs> comes out like fucking. The most tanned like Fire Marshal Bill from Inland Color. Just yeah. like, let me show you something. <laughs> I loved it. I loved it. And he's got his huge title that's bigger than him. And he's like, thank you to what everybody. The, and he's like, I'm going to kill it. Like, yeah, it was awesome. The G Rex title. Great name Rad. for a title. Yeah. Rad. I'm obsessed. How do and I watch Gleet? Because that's what I'll be doing instead of watching Yo! matches. Oh, dude. So, the start of night two, mm-hmm. L. Lindemann versus Doki. Nine minutes, 21 seconds. Doki wins with Suplex De La Luna. That is not the story of this match. The story of this match is, this match, fuck. It was sick, man. This was so good. Yeah, exactly. I think I was, probably Doki's was, best match, I think. For me. Uh, absolutely. Doki showed out. Lindemann was fucking money. There was the the spot where Lindemann hit him with like a judo throw and then immediately turned it into a fucking uh, a DDT from the knees. Mm-hmm. Bro, 
Oh my god! That's the shit you get from the strong hearts, though. The, those sort of combinations, I I'd see them in multi man tags and stuff, and they'd be doing that. Like Lindemann does that, hits that, and then T Hawk's out of here. Then someone else is there, and they just like swarm people. You know, like it's awesome. It was so much fun. I was I was actually there. Were, there was a couple of spots where I was just filming my TV with my with my phone and sending in sending clips of the of the match off to Shane to be like, <laughs> dude. Dude, this match fucks. You gotta watch this. <laughs> the um, what was the other one? Oh, the uh, the spot where Doki gets—I don't know what they called it—but Doki gets Elendeman into like a black hole slam position, uh-huh. and then immediately turns it into like a fisherman suplex for pin. Yeah, yeah. Oh, bro, he's that so was good. so fucking good. And in that promo, Doki... how he's saying that like New Japan Dojo wouldn't even accept his like application. They're like, nah, no way. And he's like, and here I am, the champion of Glade. Like, it was awesome. Yeah. Yeah, I'm a believer. Yeah. I'm a believer, bro. Yeah, it was awesome. Elendeman's fucking rad. And let's I'm gonna go off for a second. We on this we on this uh podcast, we stand Doki. We we do not accept any Doki hate. Doki is a motherfucker. All right. We love him. Yes. When are people gonna recognize that Doki is an innovator? Uh-huh. Doki is doing shit that has never been seen before or since. He will he will go down as one of those people, one of those like um like Everyone kind of went, oh, yeah, Two Cold Scorpios, cool. And now you look at Two Cold Scorpio, like, footage from back in the day, and people are like, oh, my God, look at what Two Cold Scorpio was doing back in the day. Mm-hmm. You know? That's going to be Doki. Yeah. 20 years, 25 years from now, people are going to be watching these old fucking Doki matches and being like, that motherfucker was awesome. Yeah. They're like, he's there in fucking right said Fred Mesh. He's got, like, a, a pipe mm-hmm. and a s- scar and a weird mask, and he looks like an insane person. He's not going to look like that forever. And there'll be a time they look back on like the crazy Doki times and they'll be like, this dude was the fucking man. Like when he was starting. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. The, yeah, I, I can't even, I can't even deal with how fucking over the top Doki is. The cool, crazy shit that he gets to, and he only gets to do it once a year. He, he doesn't get to do this shit in his multi-man tag matches. He gets to do it only at best of the super juniors. And sometimes he'll get to do it in like the, the junior tag uh, tournaments and stuff like that. This is it, man. Doki, Doki comes to play and this match was it. This was such shorts. It was ridiculous. I loved it. Yeah. No, it was great. It was a, I wonder if uh, I wouldn't, I'm not going to declare it my favorite match of the tournament yet. Cause there has been some good ones. I've liked them, but it might be. Yeah. No, it actually might be. Yeah, no, I'm going to say it. it We've all been, yeah, it's good. We've all been watching B Block. You know, we've looking at B Block and going, oh man, that might be, that might be the one to beat, dude. Like A Block came out, they had three really good matches and then two kind of like, meh. Uh And like, I don't know. I thought Yo was, I thought Yo was looking more aggressive in his match. And so I was, I was sitting there watching it like, oh, maybe I can make an excuse and just be like, yeah, Yo's, Yo's doing good. He's showing some fire. It's fine. It's cool. And then Elendeman and Doki come out and just shit all over night one. Yeah, this nah, was such sick. a good match. Nine minutes and 21 seconds. I wanted to rewind it and watch it again. Yeah. You know what's sick as well? So Is that Doki pinned the G-Rex champion. And so they're probably they setting they're probably setting up a, uh, a another match between them maybe at Gleet or something which would be killer. I hope so. Imagine I hope so. Doki without the restraints of New Japan. He'll <laughs> oh, probably die. Let Doki go in a fucking tournament or in a uh, title match. Let him go. Yeah. 
Let him go. Let Doki be great. Yeah, I'm ready for him. Exactly. Uh, What would Doki do? Nobody knows. What would Doki do? Probably jump off of something and land flat back on the concrete or something because he's fucking nuts. I love it. And I don't know how he breathes out of that mask. It doesn't look very comfortable. No, it doesn't. I'm surprised he doesn't lose it, to be fair. It doesn't even look that well secured. There's been so many, many matches where you see it like coming down or coming up and I, he's having to just constantly mess with it. I think it was last year during the uh, him and the rest of Suzuki Goon were challenging for the Never Six Mans. Uh-huh. And he was in a he was in a uh, submission move. It might have been the butterfly lock. And he di- so he didn't have his arms free and his his mask was sliding down. You just saw it came down to like. Oh, just no. below his upper lip, oh, and it was no. like, oh, he's gonna lose his fucking mask <laughs> to this fucking butterfly lock. I oh, know that's an embarrassing way to go out. Like his entire, oh. you know, luchador honor just destroyed by the butterfly lock. By the butterfly lock. Ah, God what a piece damn of it! Shit that is. Oh man. So speaking of uh, awesome, <laughs> luchador awesomeness, uh, was Bushi versus El Fantasmo. El Phantasma winning in 10 minutes and 43 seconds with a CR2. This was fun. I had a ton of fun watching this match. Uh, El Phantasma came out with his X-Pac yeah. uh, trunks, his tribute trunks. <laughs> Yelling at Kevin 100%. Kelly. Like, what is it, Kevin? Yeah. X-Pac. <laughs> X-Pac. <laughs> yeah. My wife uh, looking up from her from her phone and going, oh, I love his jacket. I was yeah. like, I knew you would. Yeah, exactly yeah no, this was a good match. Um I love that El Fantasmo took Bushi's shirt off and and strangled him with it. Yeah, that was pretty I cool. That. I enjoyed that. I change up. I think we're yeah we're seeing we're seeing El Fantasmo grow before our eyes. You see that uh, you often post things like wrestling images that go hard and stuff like that. Yeah. You see that image of the Bullet Club on Impact where it's Jay White. The Good Brothers, Chris Bay, and El Fantasmo, like together, like mm-hmm. entering a, a mm-hmm. thing, and that's like an epic wrestling photo, like for me, like as a squad, you know, sort of coming out. Like uh, whenever I look at teams, I always look at them like superhero squads and things like that. Like I like to think of silhouettes and stuff, and him with the beanie and like doing his, you know, little too sweet headbanger type pose and stuff like that. I'm like, this guy's just cool as fuck, man. Like. And and that is just transcends everything, you know. Bullet Club is really immediately does. cooler. Just just even by bringing back the Good Brothers, you know, like it just adds like some credibility. We will talk about you know that Dontaku show and stuff. And so suddenly it's not like oh here comes the fucking Bullet Club guy trapes him out fucking House of Torture Gato's mates like it's like it's a badass Bullet Club dude. It's pretty cool. I think I think it's breathed new life into the faction personally. Yeah, and you know they talk a lot about how Zack Saber Junior is like probably the best tournament wrestler in in New Japan right now, and I'm thinking like maybe you want to put some respect on El Fantasmo's name, back to back Super J Cup winner, El Fantasmo. You know, like I mean I know he's been in a couple of these best of Super Juniors and he hasn't won one yet, but I say yet, you know he might win one right now. He probably doesn't get as much respect because of all the back rakes. <laughs> Which are one of the best parts. Yeah, it is one of, of the best of parts. Of our boy. Yeah, exactly. Um, and I thought a uh, pretty good good effort from our boy Boosh. He did a he did a tope. That's pretty, he pretty did. exciting for him. 
he came out with a weird like Valdo from Soul Calibur mask. Oh yeah, that was, that was cool. sick. Yeah, yeah. Except, is that what it was? I was like, is he going for like a pinhead type vibe? But that was cool. Like, he... that's kind of it. Reminded me it, to me, it looked like he was cosplaying as Valdo from Soul Calibur. I was into it. Mm-hmm. You know, I was. Yeah, I liked it. I was more of a Raphael guy, or you know, like I like Nightmare too. But like Valdo's cool. It's fine. So yeah, um, I I like the match. I would say I would say shorts. Yeah. Uh, shorts, and obviously the first one was shorts. We couldn't talk, stop talking about it for the entire time. Super shorts. Um, Fucking John Stockton shorts. John Stockton shorts. So the next match was one that I was really looking forward to. The second these blocks were announced, Robbie Eagles beating Wheeler Yuta in eleven minutes and thirty seconds with a roll up. What did you think of this one? That left me shook. Is what happened there because uh, I love Robbie Eagles. Obviously, he's one of the best in my countrymen. Uh, and I didn't think that he was going to beat the Ring of Honor Pure Champion, like member of the Blackpool Combat Club, AEW star, on his first match in New Japan's Best of the Super Juniors, which is why it was amazing. When he came out, when he had Wheeler as his first match, I was like, this is what the company thinks of him. They know he's going to give Wheeler this amazing match. Wheeler's going to look great and set him up for the tournament. But instead, they have Robbie pull out, you know, the narrow victory and just like, you you know, like uh, A, shock everybody and B, like immediately set Wheeler up with like, a, oh, I, I need to do better. This is a different playing field. I need it. So it sets Wheeler on a story but then also shows the world that Robbie Eagle's somebody they really value and that, you know, has value in the world of wrestling. So I'm I'm super excited for what it means, especially for the next time that Robbie goes to the US. I don't think that this match was as shocking as everyone said it was. I don't think that result was as shocking. So we, if we look at it now, AW, yes, is a huge wrestling company in the United States. It's nowhere it's it's starting to break through in japan right robbie is a former face of the division he's a what two-time junior heavyweight champion i think only one right like i think he's only only had the the junior belt once but has had the the tag a couple of times am i wrong that's right okay am i wrong right i think i think i think i'm right yeah he's he's a former junior heavyweight champion either way so when you look at it Wheeler Yuta coming over. Yes, he's ROH pure champion. ROH uh, and AEW are kind of on the same level. Japan, New Japan in Japan is a higher, more well-respected product. And Robbie's someone who's been there and done that. Now, Wheeler himself, yes, he's a member of the Blackpool Combat Club, and there's a lot of noise being made about all that. But he's not John Moxley. He's not Brian Danielson. So you know, He's, not, he's on a he's learning got, excursion, essentially. It's like right. he's their he's their kind of protege. He's the youngest member of the crew that they've taken under their wing. Mm-hmm. And then now Baby it's like, brother. okay, we've done tournaments and things before. You haven't. Get over to the best of Super Juniors and see what you can do. And then immediately it's a learning experience. And everything yeah. William Regal says about him is like, I'm in there with young Wheeler. I'm showing him how to scouse people. I'm headbutting dudes and I'm fucking kicking them in the nuts and I'm just winning. It's about fighting. This is a terrible, a terrible fucking... Uh, it became like a, a Michael Caine more than a, a William Regal, but you get what I'm saying. Like the whole... Oh. His whole story is that he's like learning 
to be one of the most dangerous wrestlers in the world, but he's not that yet. So when you say that, it absolutely makes sense. But I have been conditioned as a wrestling fan for a long time with having like somebody like Vince McMahon in charge that it's just like our product is the most valuable thing and nothing matters more than that. So it's natural to think that TK is going to be like, if I'm putting an AEW guy in, he's going to fucking, you know, defeat everybody. And if he takes a loss, it will be very narrow and he's going to have this huge thing. But I don't think everything I know about the wrestling fan that is Tony Khan, I don't think he's that guy at all. I think he wants stories and I think he wants like fun things to happen in wrestling. Otherwise he wouldn't even be there. Right. Like there's no way that somebody that isn't a fan of wrestling and doesn't want to do like good business between the two companies would put on that show or like show each other's wrestlers on their show or send somebody to a tournament and stuff. He's trying to make good wrestling happen is what yeah, I think. There's I think a lot so. of goodwill there. Yeah, there's absolutely. A lot of goodwill there. Absolutely. And now all I want is a movie about William Regal's life where he's played by Michael King. <laughs> thing. Thank you for that. You blew the bloody doors off. <laughs> she was only or, 16 years old. Conversely, we could remake The Dark Knight with William Regal as Alfred. There we go. That now we're getting work. somewhere. Have you ever seen that thing, uh, I forget the two comedians, where it's like two William, uh, two William Regals, two Michael Caines talking to each other? <laughs> No, no. They're, they're arguing, they're too committed, and they're talking about who does, like, the better impression of Michael Caine. It's like, really? He's like, That's you've great. got to take your time when you're telling them things, Master Bruce. And like, like, they're, like, both so good at it. I am not good at doing a Michael Caine impression. But find it. If you, like, if you, I think if you Google just something like two Michael Caines argue or something like that, it's so fucking funny. They're, and they're just tearing apart each other's impression of him. It's really good. Anyway, uh, I love the match. I thought it was really good. I think it was a huge opportunity for Robbie, uh, for more people to know his name on the, you know, like the American market and stuff, because there will be new fans tuning in to watch Wheeler. And I think it set him up for a good story. I think they can have future matches off it. And I think it was like a really, really cool match. It was good. I think well, it was shorts. People got to check it out. And I think if people aren't familiar with like Yuta's work outside of AEW, it's a great example of it. This is a guy before he was like signed to AEW was like the IWTV champion. So the internet wrestling TV champion and had like an hour long draw match with Daniel Garcia, you know, like he's a really good wrestler and was before AEW. Like, so uh, I'm glad that he's going to get a chance to show that on this stage. Yeah. Big international stage. And he's going to sign uh, shine. We love you. Uh, we love you. Big shooter. Uter. Yeah. Big Utes. Uh, big Utes. Uh, next up master Watto losing to TJP. Uh, in 12 minutes, 21 seconds with the Pinoy stretch. It's always fun to see how smooth <laughs> TJ, TJP He's is so, so good, man. He's really good. Like, yeah. And Wato was a really good opponent for him because he was just working him over. And Wato in peril was like quite good. I thought. Yeah, no, Wato definitely one, one thing I kept thinking was, uh, Watto's chops would be so much more effective if he would lose that fucking glove on his right hand. Yeah. Cause he's just, he's laying these just nasty chops against, uh, against TJP and they look devastating and they sound like shit. Yeah. They're getting muffled by that stupid glove. 
Yeah, and I know that like the glove is basically nine tenths of his fucking character right yeah, now. It's the glove it's his magician and magician glove. <laughs> but like, dude, take where's he gonna keep and... all the cards and the rabbit that he needs to fucking pull out? <laughs> Talk to Ace Austin. Where's he yeah, getting shit from? Exactly. Well, yeah, actually, Ace Austin pulled that card out of nowhere. It was great. Yeah, um, I, and then like they closed in on him, and he was putting this card away. I'm like, did he just shove that back in his trunks? Did he put it in his boot? What did he do with that? Yeah, yeah. I think it went in his no wristband. Idea. It's hard to say, but a magician never tells. So you never know. Never tells. Yeah. Two magicians no, this was a really in this good tournament. Match. Shame they're not in the same block. The magic showdown between Ace Austin and and Wato would be sick. They're soaring people in half. It'd be it'd be nuts. Way to the grand magician. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, I love it. Well, I'm, so like, I'm not a magician, guys. I'm a kung fu master. And we're like, no, you're a fucking magician. <laughs> no, <bro."> you're not. <laughs> I know is, a magician when I see one. <laughs> and you're trying to use your tricks to make me think you know kung fu, but you're you're a magician. <laughs> yeah. Um. You're not a Jedi either, yeah. bro. TJP is just so polished. You know what I mean? So like, smooth. yeah, in so smooth. And just his look and his movements and just just a pro wrestler, you know. You can tell he was part of that first LA dojo class when he was like, I don't know, 10 years old. He was in New Japan with like Brian Danielson and stuff. And then now he's like, I don't know, 19. And it, that was like yep. 30 years ago or something, some shit. And he's just like been on such a wrestling journey that it just showed immediately. You're like, this guy's fucking got everything together. And he made... Wado look better and his offense is so innovative and it's like say what you will about uh, social media blah 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 not liking him all that stuff him as a wrestler it's hard to fault and and I think he's going to bring like a lot of excitement to this tournament uh and I loved his fucking bad boy attitude because it like you know red correct you know like when he wins and he stands over Wato and he's fucking yelling in his face, standing over him. And he was talking about the title. And he's walking out and he's like, crowns up, boys. Empire for life and all this shit. It was like, this is cool. He's bringing a swagger to this faction that they didn't really have uh, yep. yet. And I think it's going to be cool. I I got to say, like, when the, the dichotomy between Akira coming out with TJP or... TJP coming out with Akira. There's very, very different reads. Very Akira different. coming out and he's ready for his match. And TJP's behind him. He's got his hoodie up. He's got his glasses. Yeah. He's coming out with his hair slicked back and shit. And he looks like a bad dude. Yeah. And then you see TJP coming out with Akira. And Akira's like, I'm also happy to be here. Hello. <laughs> he's like, wait for me. Boring. Like TJP's already halfway the ring. He's running after him. He's trying to get the towel sorted and shit like that. And TJP just doesn't give a fuck. It was yeah, it was very different. Um, but yeah, I love the details on TJP's gear as well. He's got the paisley on the inner lighting of the, yeah, like I said, he's just polished in like everything he does. I thought he was polished in like the cruiserweight classic, you know, like, and and that was years ago, you know? So yeah, I think, uh, if he can, you know, keep all, you know, I guess his social media shit to the side and just be TJP the wrestler. Like, I think he can deliver some amazing stuff for this company. Yeah, there was there was one spot in Akira's match after uh, after Akira won where he, he hands Akira the t-shirt uh-huh. and Akira's like just kind of fiddling with it and stuff. And he's like, no, 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 put, put it on. You can see him go like, no, put it on, bro. <laughs> and he's like, show the merch. Yes. You know? like, yeah, he's, yeah. He's, he's working. He's a professional wrestler. Yeah, absolutely. He's like, yeah. 
He's like, do what I say because I'll show you. Like, he's repping everything at all times, hand symbols, mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. And I, I always thought that about him too. Like, he, even, uh, again, back to the Cruiserweight Classic, back to his time in WWE, so many fucking poses. He has so many different poses. He's got so many yeah. symbols. You know what I mean? He's he's up on the turnbuckle and his arm's back. He's going to fight and he's got the guns. He puts them in and he's got the pose and he's got a dab and he's like, he's always doing moves and like creating silhouettes and stuff, making shapes out here with his fucking, yeah. you know. Throwing shapes, bro. And people love that. It's photogenic. Uh, when they're getting out of the ring and stuff, he's, you know, making sure that like there's, the camera's there and Akira's like trying to climb down and he's already posing behind him and stuff. Like he... He fucking knows what he's doing, man. Like, he's got his shit together. Yeah, absolutely. 100%. Absolutely. He's been doing it for his entire life. You know? As yeah. I said, 10 years all, old in the dojo. Yeah, all 19 years of it. Yeah, yeah all 19 years of his life. He still looks 19. He's just killing it. Yeah. El Lindemann short. was too short to go to the LA dojo, but it didn't matter that because TJP was so good that they'd brought him in at 10 years old. Yeah, he was already had all the <laughs> tattoos at 10. Sunglasses. He rocked up in the United Empire gear fucking at 10. Fucking 10 years early. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's him. Yeah, but yeah, shorts. Shorts. Good good shorts match. Uh the final match of the night, the main event was Teton Tits. versus El Desperado mm-hmm. versus uh oh, sorry, Teton versus El Desperado. <laughs> you said tits and I lost my brain. That's what we call it. Uh, thirteen minutes and forty five <laughs> seconds with the Pinche Loco. El Desperado beats my man Teton. This was fantastic it when when we were saying that the the doki match might have been our favorite of the tournament so far i had to quickly think like was teton versus el desperado better i loved this match dude i loved it teton is so fucking great i was watching it last night and amy like looks over from where she's in bed she's getting ready to go to sleep and she looks over as she's making her entrance it's just like is that tits (laughs) because she hadn't seen him since like fantastic So good. Uh, yeah, he's, uh, he's great, man. He's awesome. I love him. Yeah. I lo- it was, was a good match. So it was for, really good. It was really good. I was looking forward to this so much because Teton, you know, 100% Technico, 100% Corazon, you know, let's go, good guy. And El Desperado really got the chance to shine and be that shitbag heel that he was a couple of years ago. Yeah. But now he's, he's the more polished uh, ace of the junior division and gets to play the shitbag heel. And yeah. it just came out so good these two have great chemistry i was living for this bro the second it started i was hype and the second it ended i was like please more yeah again yeah it was it it was awesome man i really liked it uh their the juxtaposition of their two characters was so good despy's so good at being that um you know ruto like uh Titan wants to do the handshake. Despy isn't interested. They have a little bit of an exchange. Despy's like, you know what? We'll do the handshake. And he goes for it and immediately just pokes him in the eyes. <laughs> Straight away. Yep. And no- nothing big and performative. Nothing nothing like, a, oh, I'm going to get him. It was just like, poke Boop. and move. Yeah, on. like <laughs> the ref's in the, the right place and he just kind of like steps so the ref can't. So he gives him one of those and then on to like the next thing. And I was like, you're so good, man. Yeah, He's absolutely. So this night was great. Like, are we? Everything on here was shorts, right? Like, we're looking yep. looking back through those. They were all absolutely awesome. And yeah, I was just thinking as you were talking about, it, I was like, Despy's such a prick. And then I just remembered we didn't do our podcast intro one hour and like ten minutes in. Oh, <laughs> all right. Tell everybody who we are, Curtis. <laughs> 
uh well welcome to the b block show <laughs> and uh, my name's curtis that's rafe um good friend bad friend you know, the, good good friend bad friend you know the the thing that i normally say international um, wrestling grand prix curtis and international rafe. wrestling grand okada Prix. shorts okay, podcast I, welcome i can do the whole thing welcome to the okada shorts podcast everybody uh, we are the Kings of Pod style, the International Wrestling Grand Prix. I'm your good friend, Curtis Spears. That over there, that's your bad friend, Rafe Houston. Uh, Rafe, what did you think of the first night of B-Block? <laughs> I absolutely loved it. Shorts for the entire night. Not a, not a miss on that night. Um, no no yeah. pants whatsoever, man. Nah, no pants were found. It was high shorts exclusive. Now, this, on, on the third... Everything was so good. Everything was so good that we didn't even have time to do an intro. Nah, exactly. We just started talking shit immediately, which is kind of our gimmick. We start talking shit immediately, and then Curtis brings it back on track. But it never happened. I got him off no, track so for a, for like over an hour. <laughs> so, I was way too excited. Exactly. Way too. Can I? Okay, so let's talk about now. We've had one show from each so far. Mm-hmm. What's the difference in the A block and the B block for you? The difference. Different yeah. wrestlers. This is a trick question. I don't understand. That is also that is not what I was looking for, but it is a hundred percent a correct answer. Tell me it's wrong. It is a correct exactly. answer. Exactly. Uh, uh, tell me what you're thinking here because I'm not sure where you go with it. <laughs> so, no. Normally, the the A block and the B block uh, are. I mean, obviously, they have different vibes. Even for like G ones, one will be more of a work rate block. One will be more of a storytelling block yeah. and things like that. That's true. I think that's A is normally they, that. Right, like A is normal. A is like more of a, a storytelling block, yeah, block. yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. And then B is normally the the block that has the the banger matches in it. Uh-huh. And I think that's exactly what we got here. I just don't know if everyone has the chops, the storytelling chops, to pull that off in the A block. You know, normally in an A block, you know, G one, you'll get like naito and uh tanahashi and things like that and like great storytellers people who can work out their matches and i'm failing to see a naito or a tanahashi level storyteller in the a block for the best of super juniors everyone looked at that b block when they were announced and said that's the fucking one to watch and after a small sample size yeah yeah it is but can we like pick out like who's gonna who's gonna really like show off in this a block because like it looks like b blocks ready to just fucking roll yeah and i don't want them to roll away because there's a lot of talent in the a block so i i don't know i have any you're really looking forward to yeah i think i'm more excited about alex zane now than i was for to sure. begin i i and i think that his response that he's getting in japan may even change the booking of the tournament. Not necessarily have him win, but I think they may have been thinking one thing and they might go, let's call an audible here. Let's run with him a little bit more. You know, like there's the opportunity to do that uh, and and make him shine as much as possible because they could build a really big... Maybe he gets a sneaky one over Ishimori or something. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like set something up. Because that stuff you can't plan for, you know? Like you can't plan for like the hearts and minds of your fan base to suddenly be drawing cartoons nonstop of this guy. You know, like you can't plan for that. He's brought in a look on his own. It wasn't given to him by New Japan. He just started sort of that, you know, red look with the the big furry coat and the the twirly mustache and stuff. And Japan loves it. So you got to go, yo, man, let's run with this guy a little bit harder than we were going to and see where that's going to go. So I'm very excited to see just his future with the company now. 
Um, and I think as well, same for Clark Connors. Like, I mean, I mean, maybe they won't change his booking, but I think again they were like, "Oh, we'll bring in this guy. He's solid." Blah blah blah. They didn't expect him to become the fashion icon of like the wrestling world. Like fucking on his first day, you know what I mean? Like the internet blew up over him. Everybody was talking about like his look and there was constant photos and stuff. Like he was like huge on social media. Whether they care about that, I don't know. But these are things that they've got to take into consideration. And where they might have been thinking, let's make our fucking plucky underdog Yo take it all the way. Maybe they're like, you know what? Let's put Yo in the bin and let's uh, let's maybe lean on some of these like you know foreign guys i think maybe that was your booking mm. putting yo in the bin <laughs> i mean that was my booking from the start i would have even had him in the tournament i wouldn't have even had him in the company at this stage <laughs> so. well who who would you have had in the tournament instead of instead of yo instead of yo you can, you can only pull from new japan contracted wrestlers okay new japan contracted wrestlers yeah so there's oh, no are left there any juniors Daniel left garcia yeah, no. I, I mean, there's there's people in. I mean, you could maybe put a young lion in. I mean, yeah, I it'd be, be pretty... bring someone back from excursion, but I think everybody's kind of yeah. too early. You do. You Fuck it. They should have had Ren Narita in this, man. Yeah, Ren Narita Ren... would have been sick, or Yuya would have been cool. Um, I think Yuya's going to be a heavyweight when he comes back, dude. He's put on so much muscle. Yeah, you're probably right. They're probably not wanting to put him in that. Um, yeah, I should have had Narita in it. That would have been cool. That probably would have been the best shot. You know what? Fuck, I'd even have Tiger Mask in it over <laughs> over, um, over Yo. I, that's respectable, actually. I don't, I, well, Tiger Mask is a little bit old. Maybe he can't take the, the tournament life anymore. Yeah, but... may, maybe he don't want it. But, uh, yeah, that's what I would sort of be thinking. Take Rocky. Put Rocky over him. Yeah, Rocky could be cool. Rocky can do some great stories. Like, he would add a lot of story to that block. You put Rocky in there? Yeah. That would be cool. I would put... But then I'd want to put Rocky in the same block as El Phantasmo. Because they had one of, oh, like, yeah. my favorite matches. <laughs> So yeah, there's good. story there. There's backstory for yeah, years yeah. there. They were great. Anyway, let's um let's jump into uh the third block a little bit and see how we're feeling as that goes. Uh I'm with you for the start and then I lose consciousness, but we'll just vibe it. You can just tell me all about it. That's fine. Uh so the first match of A Block Night 2 was Yo versus Clark Connors. Uh, Clark Yo Connors picking up after- the win or Yo wins after 12 minutes and three seconds with the direct drive. Clark Connors, two losses, zero points so far. Yo, they one should win, have one had loss. fucking Clark Connors trophy kill this bitch into oblivion is what they should <laughs> have had. Just bounce him and send him through the just, fucking just roof. Fuck it. You know, that I don't know if you've seen that clip of like Clark behind Carl Fredericks where he's just like Fredericks is on the ground. He's just slamming his head into the mat over and over and punching him in the back of the head. I want that to be the finish on Yo. And then they're like, and Clark Connors hospitalized Yo. They stretch him out. We've got to bring in an alternate. We've got to bring in Ren Narita. We've got to bring in Narita. <laughs> we got to bring in nobody. And then there's a bye. Would still be a bad outcome. <laughs> Fuck Yo. Tell us how you really feel, yeah. shit. Man. I'm done with it. I'm hyped up on. I'm on my second coffee now. I'm fucking getting getting angry about it. 
two cups in. Hate yo. I used more. to love yo in Rapongi 3K. He wasn't my favorite. Show was always my favorite, but I was like, they could do stuff with him. But at the moment, this nonchalant vinyl listening prick it can fuck off. I hate him. Um, all right. So <laughs> after that, that, any highlights that you need to run down for me in, in yo versus uh, um, this one was a bit skippable. If I'm, if I'm a hundred percent honest, like this wasn't the best match for either of these guys. Um, I wouldn't have watched it if I was time crunched. What could clock have done? I think, okay. So I will say this. Yo showed a lot more fire in these, in these last two matches than he has since like 2021 spring 2021, probably like, that's not an excuse. Clark should have won. I just I'm, don't. I'm going to th- pull for Clark every time. I don't but. think Yo's fire reads as authentic to me, because when he's like talking, like I'll do my best, maybe I just want to be yeah. at home, like, and then then he's like going yeah, and having just because you scream doesn't mean I believe you, man. Like, I don't care. <laughs> it did feel like he was just kind of like ordering a cup of coffee, didn't it? Yes. Like, like he's just going through the motions because that's what you know. Fire is supposed to be, you know, like the young lion fire. You know, you're supposed to have a scream and and feel it. But the difference is that you're supposed to actually feel it. But he doesn't because he is broken. (laughs) Yeah. My character is that I don't give a shit. Oh, you mean like that thing that Orange Cassidy does, but actually shows up every now and again? Or that thing that Sonata did that sidelined his career for ages until he started to, just in his last two matches, start to give a fuck. Anyway, all right. Well, anyway, we'll move on. on. We've given him way uh, too much time. Let's go. I just, I love, I love it that I can just at any time just be like, and then Yo wins, and you just go <laughs> <laughs> triggered, triggered, triggered. by it. Yeah. Make, He's probably going to win the whole fucking, fucking thing, and I'm going to be so mad about it, and it's going to be such a great tournament ruined. But yeah, I don't know, man. Because like, you know what they like to do? They like to have the winner, uh, you know, go kind of off the rails at the beginning and he pulls it back and he you know he wins the block and things like that so maybe that's what they're doing with clark they're gonna he's gonna lose the first three matches and then rifle off six now now you're talking that'd be sick yeah then let's go all right okay who's fucking go rhino yeah let's do it uh next up ace austin beats yoshinobu kanemaru 10 minutes and 58 seconds with the fold same finish now that was a really good match. Kanemaru just knows his shit backwards and forwards, and he really made Ace Austin look really good here. Now, I, I I will say again, like Ace Austin did the same same spots, and I thought that maybe this time Kanemaru was going to be the one that was going to like show him up. This is the you know that handstand that he does on the apron specifically stuck out to me. It's a cool spot. The first time on they were on the ring apron, Kanemaru like went for like a a clothesline to Ace Austin and Austin like cartwheeled over it. And I was like, Oh, he didn't do the handspring this time. That's he didn't do the, the handstand this time. That's cool. And then like 30 seconds later, he did the handstand and I was like, Kanemaru should just turn around and just like clip that hand out from under him, dropped him right on his fucking head. Or like Kanemaru's already got like a mouthful of Suntory and just like, as he's upside down doing the handstand, just spits it in his eyes. Yeah. That'd be sick. Then Kanemaru rolls him up and wins. That would have been dope. (laughs) That would have been really cool. They did they did make Ace Austin look really good here. Um his 
his finishing move is really it's cool. Like, it's kind of odd. It's cool. I, I like it though, just because it's different. It's very impactful. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, a lot of his moves are a lot of fun. He did one move that was like a it was a high spot off the top rope. I don't remember what they called it, but it was something like a some sort of press or something like that. And I'm like, why didn't he call this 52 pickup? Yeah. You know, you blow it. That would <laughs> do the whole go f- fucking flat out with the card things, man. Come on. Exactly. But, um, would you say that after these couple of matches, would you say you're an Ace Austin fan yet, or you're still sort of feeling him out? I, I liked him. Uh-huh. I want to like him. I've always wanted to like him. I've never seen enough of him. Cause like impact doesn't play over here. Yeah. So like, I, I'm not subscribed to Impact's uh, streaming service. Uh-huh. I probably won't be, although I think we maybe need to put more respect on Impact's name right now. Mm-hmm. They've got some good shit. Um, I would like to see more of Ace Austin. Mm-hmm. I'm just kind of hoping that he can pull out w- another level at some point in this tournament, and he might. He yeah. might. We'll see. Yeah. He's he's making a fan of me. Mm-hmm. Nah, I'm I'm interested to see where he goes, man. I think I think he's got a huge upside. The next match was Alex Zane, our boy, our new uh, space pirate, Alex Zane, winning over show in 12 minutes and one second with the taco driver. This was great. Like, this was 100% fun. Show show was great in this match, playing dastardly heel Mm -hmm. and doing it in fun and exciting ways. And uh, Alex Zane looked like a badass. Like, he came out looking like 100 bucks. Uh Uh-huh. Only a hundred bucks. What's the you know what? A hundred dollars Australian goes pretty far in Japan. Like I think our dollars are good at the moment. I don't actually know. It's not. (laughs) I said a hundred bucks. Yeah, yeah. it's it's two twenty three in the morning for me. It's fine. I know what you're saying. A million bucks. He was looking great. One hundred million bucks is what I meant to say because that's the that's the exchange rate. I'm sure. No, like show for the last you know few months has been. People have been saying, oh, he's just pulling funny faces and doing the same shit. And it's like, yeah, the funny faces are entertaining as fuck. And he's stopped doing the same shit lately. You know, he's coming up with new fun shit. And it's cheeky. And I like it. Yeah. It's cheeky and whimsical. <laughs> it is whimsical. Uh, Shenanigans. I, with this one, this was when I realized I was asleep because I, like, woke up in the middle of it. And I was like, oh, well, I want to watch this. I'll come back to it, like, later. So I'm very excited to see this one. I'm very happy to hear that that Alex Zane got the win over show. That's a big win for him. Um, it definitely is. Yeah, I, He's, I, yeah, undefeated so far. Yeah, two matches, two wins. Great, exactly. Call the audible all the way. Alex Zane, let's go. Um, we haven't been saying pants and shorts, but it was... Uh, oh, sorry. It was... Uh, what was it? It was pants... I'd say. For, for Yo, always. Um, shorts for Ace Austin and... And Katamaru and shorts for Alex Zane and show. That was, I'm going to say that that match was probably my match of the night. I like the next two matches were good, but I think Alex Zane and show like entertained me the most yeah, out cool. of, uh, out of the, out of the show tonight. Um, this yo versus Clark Connors match, dude, I was fucking, I was checking my phone all the way through it. Yeah. I was trying, but I just couldn't. I like, I did not give half a shit in this match, and it hurt. I love that it we just keep so going back to him. We're just like, this motherfucker. 
I looked, I went and looked back at it. I made the mistake of going back in my phone to see the fucking, to see the results, you know, to, to give the pants or shorts. And I saw yo again and I just went, God damn it. I'm clicking, I'm clicking the highlights tab. Hang on. Okay. First highlight, a headlock. Second highlight, Clark Connors giving him a a body check. Third highlight, Mm -hmm. a butterfly lock from Clark Connors. Come on, bro. Do not. No, it wasn't. That's not. It wasn't a butterfly lock. It was a. Um, it's got that vibe. He was doing a. It was. He was. It was a seated. Um, who? Who's tired? I am. It was. <laughs> it was a seated master lock. He was, oh yeah. okay. Oh okay. Then maybe that. Maybe I like that. Uh, then it's Yo doing a drop kick. Then it's like a a spear from Clark Connors. Then it's uh, some kind of ankle lock from Yo. And it's Yo doing a German suplex, and then Yo doing the direct drive, and then Yo really look, nasty. Yo looking like he doesn't good. give a fuck that he won. He's just like the, yeah, this. Is the post, this is the post. This is the post. He's like this. <laughs> Hands up, sort <laughs> looked, of backish, and head down, like sort of looking sad. Like he's still being put in that full Nelson. Yeah. Like he's. <laughs> uh, Please post a picture of that for our Instagram. I so will. I'll, can I'll, see I'll, I'll save it. Exactly. All right. This um, man is not, this man just won a match. Yeah. <laughs> I think I've got a crowded Okada's shorts TikTok, which is just me fucking roasting show at all. On, yeah. I mean, roasting you at all times. <laughs> Can't roast show, he'd hit you with a wrench. Yeah, I know. I'm not going to fuck with him. All right. Next match. Let's go. Uh, Ryusuke Taguchi, my wife's favorite wrestler, losing to Taiji Ishimori via a jackknife powerbomb. This was better than the sum of its parts. I'm not sure why Ishimori put his working boots on to face Taguchi, but he did. It was pretty I, good. I like the idea of a jackknife powerbomb finisher. That's cool. From the smallest man in the world. <laughs> he's very he's very tiny, but he's got the muscles. He's the muscle chihuahua, dude. Yeah, he, and he is. Like, he's just like, he's like Liger, you know, where he's built wide for a junior. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, he, he put fucking Taguchi in the ground with it too it was pretty good i i wouldn't did he go do so the pin did he do was... the undertaker like hands over and roll his eyes back like Bleh. no no no, no. That he, been um, sick. <laughs> he just power bombed him and called it good but no it was it was a very fun match like ishimori was he was he had a lot of speed going which is something you don't see from taiji ishimori very much anymore yeah. at one point like taiji ishimori i thought he was the fastest the i was like he's the fastest kid alive I don't know how he does it, but yeah, he's a little bit older now. He doesn't run around as fast as he used to. And yet for some reason he breaks it out for fucking the ass masters. So good for him. Maybe they wanted to set it up where they can get another shot at the tag titles for when he loses his belt back to Desperado. Yeah, maybe Uh, TJP and uh, Akira were making a lot of noise about those belts at Wato. So I think that's definitely a match we can expect very soon. United Empire versus Team six and or nine. I'm into it. Oh. I'd buy that for a dollar. Oh, exactly. I think that'd be cool. Get um, so, yeah, I mean, your mileage may vary on this. I thought it was pretty good. I'd say watch I'd, it if I'd you... I'd have uh, to watch it. So, I, I mean, I haven't seen it, so would you rate it pants or shorts? That's like uh, your, your shorts. shorts on this. Shorts. Oh, okay. Yeah. Like a, like a nice um, satchel shorts. You know, oh, cargo shorts. Bit, bit They're roomy. a little bit longer. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Got utilities right. you can use. You can carry all your stuff in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. It's fine. Um, it's fine. All right. 
I'm surprised to hear that. And then we go on the, the last match, right? What do we got? Hiromu Takahashi beating Francesco Akira with a time bomb too. This was also very good. This one, I wouldn't say it's better than the sum of its parts. I pretty much knew this was going to be good. Uh-huh. Um, Hiromu could wrestle fucking anybody uh-huh. and, in the world and throw down. Uh, Francesco Akira, this is his first like big stage that he's ever really gotten to wrestle on. Mm-hmm. And yeah, did not disappoint. Uh, a lot of people would probably say this was match of the night. It went 17 minutes. You know, it's, it's a long match. He really, Hiromu really gave a lot to Akira, but okay. he gives a lot to everybody. So yeah. it's not like, it's not like he saw anything special in him and had to, had to make him look like a million bucks. Like he made himself look like a million bucks. Hiromu just was also there. Yeah. Um, Hiromu is greatness. Uh-huh. He is expected to be greatness. Francesco Akira was also very, very, very good. Yeah. Now that's cool. Yeah, that, that's another one I've got circled. I think I had already heard like through the grapevine that that match was really good, which isn't really surprising, um, no. especially with everything they, they say about Akira. Like I said, in his first match, because he was sort of immediately jumped by show and stuff, I feel like I didn't get like the full maybe Akira experience. So I'll be interested to to watch this and sort of catch him doing that fast stuff with Hiromu. Yeah, you'll be able to see a lot of that. He's it's a very good showcase of Akira's talent. And it really came across that like like I said, this was his first big stage. This is his first huge audience uh and his first main event and he's he took the he took the most out of it. Uh-huh. You know? Yeah. He made he made a lot of noise. Very, very good show. Um I don't think there was, uh, there was one sleeper. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The, the, yeah, I say sleeper when you actually fell asleep, but there was one sleeper in the Yo and Clark Connors match. Um, you can skip that one unless you're a big Clark Connors fanboy, you know, go back and watch it. I guess he does have some really cool power spots and Yo wasn't a hundred percent awful. It just wasn't, it wasn't great. But other than that, four shorts, I think. There you go. No worries. Well, that's a, that was the end of where you have seen up to as well, isn't it? Yeah. yeah that's everything. So, I mean, that's the first three nights all covered. Um, some other things, I guess, that happened in New Japan was the, the fourth night, which we'll go on and watch and we'll talk about that later. Uh, Capital Collision happened. We've already covered that we aren't going to pay fight for something that's just going to be on our regular prescription uh, prescription subscription that we've had for like a long time so we'll talk we'll talk about that later (laughs) yeah yeah. i got the new japan fever i'm positive with (laughs) new japan 19 i don't know where i'm going with this (laughs) it got dark but um but yeah uh when that comes live we'll talk about that i've heard it was a really good show i have i've had some of the results spoiled for me but that's fine i chose to not live or, or when it happened and stuff so i'm looking forward to seeing that i guess the last thing we've got to touch on is like abushi's breakdown right so i wanted to get our resident abushi scholar from from twitter uh booze leprechaun on here nicole's all things abushi mm-hmm. um she seems to think that this is this is a very planned move by abushi it's not a breakdown uh-huh. she's seems to think that like he knows exactly what he's doing um i really don't know if i want to talk too much about it because it is still a developing situation 
uh we don't know we can we can look like assholes if we say oh it's a fucking work and then he like gets in trouble or yeah, gets yeah. hurt or something or something i mean I, happens, I don't even know. really have an opinion on it because i just don't know but uh but i know it was pretty wild like some of the stuff he was saying and Definitely. some of the accusations he, he, and stuff he was making so if he's trying to write himself out of the company he's probably going the right way about it um what that means for his reputation or him in pro wrestling and stuff who knows you know um, oh, people are already talking about him back in ddt and stuff like that so. yeah exactly but then he was also saying but, that like uh you know he kind of made links to like organized crime and stuff and he's like it's impossible yeah. to you know escape the darkness and all sorts of stuff and it's like yo that was some scary serious shit that he was talking about man mm. and like some of those some of those um tweets that he was putting out like the way people were responding to it they made everyone kind of feel like oh you know maybe he's ha maybe he is having a mental breakdown maybe this is something we should be worrying about people should be reaching out to him and like when who was it that had the mental breakdown not mental breakdown but a a emotional breakdown recently on twitter gabriel kid one of the young lions gabriel kid yeah um he had to, you know, erase his social media and kind of back away from it because it is a trigger for one of his um, mental issues and emotional issues. And good on him for doing that. Yeah. And, um, you know, we, we always want to see Gabriel Kidd do well. I always want to see Abushi do well, too. Uh -huh. And I really hope that he's able to find some happiness. I'm Sign. sad that he's not able to be happy in New Japan because it is a company I love. Yeah. But if new Japan was bad for Kota Ibushi, then I don't want Kota Ibushi there. Nah, he needs I'm not going to, I'm not going to, I'm not going to be some fed stand and like stick up for this company. That's like putting him through a meat grinder. Mm. That's, that's terrible, man. I always say people over corporations a hundred percent every single time. Uh -huh. And if the corporation is not right for Kota Ibushi, I do not want Kota Ibushi there. Yeah, exactly. I want him to be happy where he's at because when he's happy, he's a great wrestler. Yeah. And it's like and I, I, there's there's two sides to every story, and in the middle there's the truth. You know what I mean? Like we we're getting a very sort of vocal Kodo Bushi's opinion on things at the moment, and you do you just don't know. You know what I mean? Like it can you can feel that way. Like I had a week where I was feeling really negative about my employment and stuff like that, and they've probably got their take on me as a person as well. You know what I mean? Like, but I you know see it from my side, and so. There's those kind of things. So we don't know. It doesn't directly affect us. I just hope he's okay and that everybody works out okay and whatever happens is, you know, for the best of him, you know, to be yeah. a happy, successful professional wrestler, which he's one of the best at. So, Yeah. And wherever you are, Coda, I hope you're doing good, man. I hope yeah. everything's going to be okay. And um, I would like to see you back wrestling soon. Uh -huh. But if you're not able to right now, whether that's physically or mentally, take your time, bro. Yeah. Absolutely. Don't let these don't let these people try to tell you to come back when you can't. Mm -hmm. So exactly right. Or if they're tr telling you you can't and you can, then find a way to do that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like yeah. to, just do whatever yeah. makes you happy. So yeah, and I would give that advice to anybody out here listening in your day to day life. Sometimes jobs fucking suck. Curtis and I were sending messages this week. We'd had rough weeks, kind of thing. And you know what? There's always a new day, and you just start again and keep going. It's fine. Yeah. Sometimes you just got to stay up late and watch a little wrestling, yeah. talk about it with your friend. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And then have a vent and 
say some things and then, yeah, you know, it's out of your body and you can just do the next day. And then it's right. all better when the pipe lands at the end of the week. 20, 25 hours later, just yeah. like Kota Ibushi would want. <laughs> exactly right. Boom. That's it, man. But yeah. <laughs> Fucking weird. I know. Right. <laughs> but yeah, either way, uh, best of the ju- Super Juniors has been very positive. I can't wait. To, when I get off the phone from you, I'm going to go catch those matches that I've missed. Start the fourth night. It's going to be good, man. It's going to be good tournament. That's going to be a great tournament. I can't wait to come back in two weeks and talk about the next few days with you. Yep. And uh, I, I think it won't be over by then, but we'll have quite a few matches to talk about. I think maybe in that one, instead of doing a match by match breakdown, we'll just talk about our, our best for our favorites from the nights mm-hmm. and uh, vibes, general vibes. Mm-hmm. We'll do a vibe check on the best of super juniors. How's that sound? Yeah, that sounds really good. Let's have a look at the date here. What is the date? So we're talking, I think the next time we record will be, you know, in, in a fortnight, and that'll be just before Dominion. So we'll be able to sort of do a bit of a, um, oh, that's interesting. So we'll be speaking literally the day of the final, I think. Like the final will be that afternoon, and then Dominion will be in a couple of days. So that's cool. We can do like a talk about a wrap-up of the tournament, preview the final, preview Dominion, and then get all ready for all that. That sounds great. Boom. That sounds awesome. I love it. Cool, cool. I'm so excited for this. Pumped. All right. Well, Rafe, where can they find you, buddy? Well, they could find me on one of my newly sculpted link trees that I've just made. Link tree? Yeah, exactly. Please tell me more. Well, I got sick of posting like five fucking like messages in a thread for every episode of Faces and Feels I posted. I would post like the episode, try and fit in a bit of a synopsis. Then I would post my sponsors. Then I would post links to my friends. Then I would post uh, where to like download the podcast. And then I'd post like all this stuff. And then I, I'd seen a few people, I'd known about Linktree for ages. And I was like, maybe I'll give this a go because it means I could just have one link and it would have everything. And it was way cooler than I thought it was. So now I've created one for Faces and Feels and I created one for Okada Shorts as well. So now you can... Click on the link tree at the bottom of our links or in our bio and it's like listen here and it has like a link to the, uh, basically to any of the podcast services that we are on. So you can just click on your favorite one and listen or you can even listen in link tree. It just loads up a player and then we've got, you know, a link to the good folks at Countout Network, um, to our other shows, all that kind of handy stuff and to our social media, all the different links, you know, to our Instagram and Twitter and stuff. So I'm super proud of the link tree and I got way too excited about it. Like the OCD person in me and also the person who for like, you know, a year and a half, nearly two years has been writing all those links for ages was like, (laughs) I've done it. I'm the smartest man alive. And I was very It only took two years for me to do something very simple. Exactly. I was like, Curtis, nobody understands how efficient this is. And he's like, this service has existed for quite a while. So very excited (laughs) about that. But yeah, you can follow me uh, at Faces Feels Cast on Instagram and Twitter and Facebook. And that's where you can find my other show. Uh, It's been a little bit slower. start to the year for me just because of everything that's been going on like in my life but I'm about to have uh, a bunch of interviews drop I've got uh, a whole bunch in the can I've got uh, DMDU wrestlers uh, ready to go I've got um, even a gentleman that's been on AEW Dark which I'm excited to to release that one he's been in the can for ages and been very 
you know, patient with me getting that one out because it was just before Amy's surgery. So, yeah, very excited to get all that going and continue to do Okada Shorts. Okada Shorts is like my favourite thing to do at the moment just because I get to get on here and hang out with you and it's sort of easier than planning interviews and, you know, being oh. professional podcaster guy. I get to be the fucking dickhead who just goes derail it immediately and do whatever I want and Curtis tries to keep it on track. We so, don't even intro for an hour. Nah, exactly, because I'm my my goal every time is to just fuck it up. Really. <laughs> so, yeah, and it's heaps of fun. So yeah, I am enjoying doing that. And it's a, a nice break every fortnight. Did, were you were you able to um to try and get a hold of Charlie Evans about DNA her on the podcast? Uh I did send her an email, yes. Charlie, uh, oh, Charlie responds, dude. Well, Charlie Evans had refused to do my podcast in the past, um, not because she doesn't she doesn't do any podcast. Yeah, exactly. Because she didn't do any. Like I was doing, um, I was doing interviews leading up to the Juices Worth the Squeeze, the first heavyweight title tournament for Deathmatch Down Under, and I was interviewing all the wrestlers. I was trying to interview every wrestler in that tournament before the tournament, um, and I got through quite a few of them. And DMDU talked to her, and she was just like, "No, I don't do podcasts." So I was like, how the tables have turned. And uh, I got tagged in that um, comment. Uh, she she put out like a really well-worded tweet uh, that ran over several messages about the term intergen- intergender wrestling and why it shouldn't exist. And I loved it. I retweeted it. I, mm-hmm. thought, I thought it was really well-read. Anybody who hasn't read it should read that. It's very important to read that. And then, yeah, she put out that that thing like I, I want to kind of do a bit of an ongoing thing or I've got a project in mind tag podcast that you think would be good at it and I think I would be good at it I'd be I think I'd be great at it uh, and I yeah. think I, I think I could really help her and the way if you haven't listened to Faces and Feels before I think I give really genuine interviews I don't have Q&A bullshit I become people's friend you know what I mean I listen to them mm-hmm. I have honest conversations I hear what they have to say and I celebrate their career and their love of wrestling with them so I, I think I'd be the perfect platform to do it. And yeah, I sent her an email and was just like, hey, we didn't get a chance to meet when I was at Deathmatch Down Under. I am one of the sponsors. I was really, really looking forward to meet you, but it didn't make its way to happening. Just about me. It's no bullshit. This is what I do. Interviewed a lot of people you know. Here's the link tree. Check it out. Boom. Handled. Boom. Link tree. Bang. Professional. Uh, and then, you know, if she doesn't pick me, that's fine. I'll still listen to the podcast. I'm sure I'm sure it'll be great. And I'm sure she's got a lot of stuff she wants to say. But uh, I think I'd be the best at it. <laughs> yeah, I know you're a big fan. I know you're a big fan. Yeah, so you, I'm a big um... fan. Exactly. I, th- I think she is an extremely talented professional wrestler. And I think her I- ideals and thoughts on professional wrestling are very important for people to hear. And I would love to give her ever, the platform to do that. But yeah, did I ever tell you that I had a dream that I was starting up a wrestling, uh, a wrestling company, and she was the first person I signed? Uh, no, I don't, I don't think you did, but I could see that being a very valid choice. Yeah, I, 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 I don't know why I dream about professional wrestling, but sometimes I do. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think she's great, and I hope that you can I hope that you can get a chat with her, man. Yeah, she's she'd be cool. a huge get. Yeah, I think so, and, and I think uh, yeah, I think I'd be a great platform to help her just say her piece. And, you know, yeah, yeah, definitely. Exactly. So Faces and Feels cast is, is a fantastic podcast where, like you said, you, you don't interview people, you have a friendly conversation with people and it's always, 
always a great listen. There's so many of those guys that are like, oh, that's just a deathmatch guy. And you listen and they're like, oh, no, man, I'm, you know, I'm a goofy guy from Indiana and I just want to, you know, hang out and play video games. And also I hit people with light tubes and stuff like that. Guess what? The deathmatch interviews are the most interesting interviews because it's a fucking crazy thing to do. And they're always the nicest people. Like they all care about each other so much. You know what I mean? Like the the deathmatch community is a community that welcomed me into it. I started doing interviews with one person that went to the next and went to the next just because they all know each other. They want to take care of each other. They're so supportive. And I just fell in love with it because I'm like, these are all amazing people, you know? Um, yeah, I'd really encourage everybody to listen to those interviews because it, it takes a lot to do that. Like it's a hard life to be a traveling professional wrestler. Now imagine you're mm-hmm. bleeding every night, you know, like and you're you're dealing with with injuries and risk and you're you're taking your stunts to an even more dangerous level and stuff. It, it's it's really fascinating, like the mindset it takes. And you have to love it to do it. Like you can't just dip a toe in and be like, Oh, I'm just gonna have it like you need to love it and and they're always so passionate about it. And so I love interviewing Deathmatch wrestlers because they're like one of the purest kind of like loves of their craft comes from them, you know? Like it's it's mm-hmm. really cool. And so so many of my great friends in wrestling are deathmatch wrestlers because of that. Well, you are my great friend in wrestling. And I appreciate <laughs> having you. you on the show here. So thank you. Uh, if you want to find me, you can mm-hmm. find me on Twitter and Instagram at LDestructo83. Uh, you can find the show here at Okada Shorts. Somehow that name wasn't taken. Nobody parked that. I don't yeah, know why. Don't know why. There it is. Mm-hmm. We're at uh, Okada Shorts on Instagram and Twitter. And uh, you can listen to my other podcasts. You can listen to Faces and Feels Cast, which is a race other podcast. You can listen to my other podcast, the Throw and Dice Pod, where we talk about things like D&D, uh, Warhammer, that sort of stuff, tabletop nerd game shit. Mm-hmm. You can listen to the Smart Foundation, where we talk about um, all types of wrestling. My friend Shane and I will go off and review old matches and that sort of thing and play fun games. Mm-hmm. Uh, I did recently did an interview with uh, Kieran for WrestleIn's uh, Noob Japan podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, giving a little love, throwing a little flowers at Masahiro Chono, Masa My Hero Chono. <laughs> love that dude. Mm-hmm. And um, I wanted to do a companion piece. He did one about Shinya Hashimoto, and I wanted to do one as a companion piece for that about Masa Chono, uh, since they were best friends and part of the uh, New Japan Three Musketeers. Mm-hmm. Um, I also threw my hat in if he wants to do one about Muda, uh-huh. uh, or if he wants to do one about Jushin Liger, uh-huh. I'm there. Yeah. So, <laughs> that's it. Um, yeah, that's, uh, that should be out. And I think two weeks yeah that's hot so that'll be fun no worries i, I look forward and to if, checking uh, that one out it's gonna be awesome thanks man and if you find the naive stupidity of us giving away a free show and our business model of giving away free shows uh to be oddly charming you can go to count out pod and give them a, a holler at their subscription service mm-hmm. uh it gives all sorts of extra shows uh we're, we'll be doing i think a D show on there very soon so you'll listen to these uh wrestling nerds play D if you want to uh they also give away plenty of daily content for you and it's definitely worth your money so uh please feel free to do that what's, for us uh, what's involved in the D show so i know i'm i'm in all the groups like i'm part of the canat network <laughs> but see the thing about the canat network is a lot of the communication goes on in slack and slack 
is also how my work does communications. So mine is quite often muted because uh, I don't want to fucking know when I'm not there. So so then I'll like chime in later and I saw something like that. How does one do a podcast about D&D? Derailing uh, your outro, I'm sorry. Hey? Live play. Live play. You guys just playing it just and recording it. Just have a dude, yeah, just have a dude telling us a D&D story and us, you know, reacting how our characters would react live on the air. It's like acting, like a, like a radio play. Exactly. With with dice. That sounds sick. Oh, interesting. I have an idea for a character that I'm I'm gonna run. Oh. I, I, I feel I feel like I'm gonna run a, a silly character uh-huh. for this. But How many know. people we get to play D and D? I think it's four people yeah. have committed to it from the count outside. How many can play? I th- as many as your DM is willing to allow, really. I mean D and D is a thing where the only rule is your imagination. Even in the D and D rule book, it says these are just suggestions for how to play the game. Yeah. You know, it's so they may say, Oh, you know, four to six people or, you know, whatever like that. But really it's just however many people you want. I've, I'm in a group right now where sometimes we play with two people. I've been in groups where we've played with up to nine or 10, oh. you know? Okay. So That's it's interesting. I've never it's, played D and D before. I just wasn't sure how it worked. You never played D&D before? Were you never fucking 13? I was, but nobody played it. We played like Warhammer and stuff, as you know, but uh, D&D never came up. That shit's cool. It is cool. But uh, yeah, no, it never came up. Well, do you have an imagination? (laughs) You know I (laughs) I have an imagination. (laughs) I live most of my life in it, avoiding the real world. Yeah. I mean, D&D is the greatest. Like, everyone's discovered a love for D&D now that COVID's, you know, kind of put us all in our yeah, houses and we can't yeah, go anywhere. Yeah, Everyone can kind of play D&D and we all can escape into a fantasy realm where COVID doesn't exist, but dragons do. That sounds like fun. Though my wife would bully me if I played it. Yeah, well, you bully her back about mm, something. I could never I'm sure bully she her. does something. Nah, she fucked me up. No. Just way too She's smart. So much- Just way too quick. I get fucked up. She's so brutal. She is brutal. She's the most brutal person you'll ever meet. Uh, okay, then. So let's end the podcast and we'll talk more about D&D off the air because now I'm interested in it. Mm, Got to go watch a hockey game. Can't talk D&D right now. Buddy. Oh, okay. Well, you go watch Playoffs. hockey. I'll go watch Best of the Super Juniors. And uh, all you nice people, stay tuned by keeping it right, keeping it tight, and keeping it short. Short. Boom. Handled. We fucking went off on I was uh, playing the music, but I had the sound down, so I could edit this out. (laughs) Or I could just go ahead and fucking do this. This has been a Count Out Podcast.